It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti with you here in Indianapolis at the 2020 NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, It was a busy first day here on Tuesday. Just about every coach spoke, like we talked about before. Only uh, three coaches are actually speaking on Wednesday. A lot of them either spoke today or you know didn't speak at all uh, between coaches and general managers but for the most part a lot of them spoke today and of course quarterbacks took the podium wide receivers tight ends spoke to the media today so it was a really busy day uh, but obviously the fo- focus point at least for this podcast is of course going to be Matt Rule's first press conference as a as the Panthers head coach and naturally he fielded a lot of questions about Cam Newton. That is obviously the big story right now with the Carolina Panthers. Kind of a will he, won't he be back. But if there is one thing Matt Rule did, it's that he had a lot of praise for Cam Newton. He uh, One of the things he actually mentioned was that when he first took this job, he actually called Cam Newton, or I should say the, the day he was hired, uh, he called Cam Newton. That, that's what he said. He was that excited to work with Cam Newton. He talked about how he just wants to get to know Cam Newton on a personal level. Obviously, they can't talk about schemes or anything like that because of NFL rules. You can't do anything like that until your off-season program starts, which for the Panthers, of course, would be early April. They get to start two weeks before the other teams because they have a new head coach. So they'll be one of just five teams that actually get to do so. But uh, until that point... You can't talk schemes or anything like that with your players. So if you get in contact with them, you're just talking like kind of basic stuff. And that's what Matt Rule was doing. Uh, He obviously didn't commit to him as the starter. But again, that's kind of to be expected in in a situation like this. You know, early early well end of February, you're not going to sit here and say, uh, especially being a first year head coach, he's was kind of noncommittal. I mean. I, sh- I shouldn't say he, he's not going to say he's not the starter. I mean, you know, because obviously other teams kind of came out and uh, kind of declared their quarterback as the starter, namely the Chicago Bears and uh, Ryan Pace who uh, and Matt Nagy, who came out and said that uh, Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the starting quarterback for week one. Now, of course, you know, we know that the Bears have some qu- quarterback questions of their own, but that's for – you know, a different podcast. I'm obviously not going to get into that. You can go listen to Lauren Cox uh, and his thoughts on the Mitchell Trubisky stuff. But uh, we're regarding Cam Newton. You know, Matt Rule wouldn't come out and declare him the starter, but he definitely praised his character and his ability off the field, and definitely wants him to be on the roster. There's there's no doubt about that. He's very excited and really wants him. Uh, to be on this football team. In fact, he also praised all all the quarterbacks. He talked about how he had how the Panthers have three quarterbacks under contract that they uh, that they really like, and they have confidence in all three of them. But again, the focal point here is is obviously on Cam Newton. And again, it was really just 
Matt Rule singing the praises of Cam Newton, but not necessarily committing to him as the starter quite yet. You know, maybe just, you know, I don't know if he's just trying to lay low just because it's still early in the process with him and, you know, he hasn't really dived into the the roster just yet, but, or at, at least as much as, as he's, as he'd probably like to, but, um, that was really the main takeaway from Matt Rule's press conferences. He's just in love with the character of Cam Newton and just really wants him to be a part of this football team. And obviously talked a lot about the health of Cam Newton, didn't necessarily get into any kind of timetable as far as him returning, although uh, there were some reports, you know, Jordan Rodriguez of uh, the, the Athletic did uh, is still reporting that the Panthers do expect him to be with them in March and expects him to be with them in uh, off-season activities this spring. So the and of course Ian Rappaport just came out today too. He was talking about the Panthers and he has the report that uh, the Panthers are going to move forward or expect to move forward with Cam Newton as their starter. So we have all this going on. So certainly a busy day in terms of the uh, the Cam Newton stuff. And of course, you also had the uh, the Instagram post that Cam Newton came out with, um, with him planking and saying, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. Now, what exactly that means, I don't know. You know, Cam can be that crazy character that you just never know what he's uh what he's capable of but it, it's just funny that uh on a day like today when matt rule is scheduled to meet with the media at the combine cam newton comes out and and posts that but again could mean something could mean nothing i don't know that's that's just kind of the way cam is he's just that, that crazy guy but um yeah, a, a lot of uh, a lot of notes regarding Cam Newton today from Matt Rule, this presser, and from Ian Rappaport. But bottom line right now is, and it's what I've been expecting this whole time. If you've been following me for a while, you know that this has been at least my expectation for some time too. That Cam Newton is going to be the starter of this football team in uh, Week One of 2020, and perhaps throughout the entire 2020 season, because really. Right now, what are their options? You know, we've seen, you know, yeah, Matt Rule praises confidence on the, the three quarterbacks, but, I mean, it's not like he's going to come out and say, like, oh, yeah, you know, Kyle Allen's not good, and uh, they wasted a pick on Will Greer last year, you know, this, that, and the other thing. He's, you know, he's going to sing their praises, and, you know, understandably so. But we know what those two are at this point. We, we we just watched Kyle Allen for about 12 games. We watched Will Greer for two games. And obviously the results weren't there. You know, early on, obviously, they were with, with Kyle Allen. But eventually teams start to catch up to you. Teams start to watch film on you. And then you get, uh, you get exposed. And that's exactly what happened with Kyle Allen. And that's another reason why... The Panthers just completely crumbled in the middle of the season. Why they ended up losing 
eight straight games, a mix between him and Will Greer, you know, and and Matt Rule was asked about uh, in the midst of all this quarterback talk and in the midst of um, wanting to have Cam Newton, is that going to preclude him from taking a quarterback in the first round? And obviously he's not going to dismiss it. He's not going to sit here and say, no, we're not taking a quarterback in the first round. Obviously all options are on the table, but the bottom line, it, it it feels deep down though, you know. Matt Rule doesn't seem like a guy that uh, is going to BS a lot of people. He definitely seems very upfront and very honest with everybody. He wants to come out and uh, really show his his genuine side in this league. So I don't think he's going to blow too much smoke in our face. So. I do get the sense deep down right now that he uh, he does want Cam as the starter in 2020, but it certainly would not be out of the realm of possibility that, and we've discussed this many times, certainly not out of the realm of possibility that the, the, uh, the Panthers select a quarterback. Now, again, we have to weigh the option of them uh, moving up for a quarterback, but I don't know. He kept also talking about uh, seven picks and saying they have to be the right seven picks. And again, that's the that's the big thing I think with with this team. And it, it's why I'm you know you you have to be open. And we we discussed it when we talked about Joe Marino's latest mock draft. You have to be open to trading down. Now, interestingly enough. Uh, Dave Gettleman talked about trading down and, and the danger of trading down and, you know, the risk, obviously, of missing out on some good players. But uh, that, that's also why you build a big board and you think about, okay, we're at this spot here. You know, like the Panthers, for example, they, they're sitting at number seven, but they like these guys. How strongly do they feel they'll be there at, like, say, 13 if the Colts want to move up or 14 if the Buccaneers want to move up or whatever the case may be. But, you know, so you, so you weigh those options. And I, th- I think, especially for a team like the Panthers, I think a team that uh, is is rebuilding, you have, to, you have to consider trading down. Like I said, he kept harping on, you know, not just seven picks and just picking players at those spots, but it's picking the right, the right players at those spots. Well, does it necessarily have to be? seven players why can't it be eight players nine players ten players you know you trade you know again joe marino's latest mock last week had the panthers trading down twice in the second round or in the first round excuse me and picking up a couple of second rounders they ended up going from one pick in the second round in his hypothetical trades they went from one pick in the second round to three you know, they ended up with three picks in the top 55 rather than just two. Or, excuse me, four picks in the top 55 instead of two. I think Panthers fans would like that. Because let's, let's face it, we're, we're not going to sit here right now and say that this team's going to contend for anything in, in 2020. You know, and I've said it before, I, I do believe in Matt Rule. I do believe he's going to turn around this team. 
but it's not going to happen as quickly as as people think. I think this is definitely a long-term project. Now, when I say long-term, I don't mean four or five years. I'm talking more two to three years. You know, it could happen as early as 21. I don't think it's going to happen in 20, but I definitely think it could happen in 21. So it's about gaining those picks, and it's about just find, like he said, it's finding the right players and finding the right fits. And he even touched on that when I asked him about how he had all the coaches together at the Senior Bowl. And I asked, was that kind of plan with you being a first-year head coach? And he said, well, he's been, I've been going to the, the Senior Bowl for 10 years. I think he said 10. He's been going for a number of years. And he also touched on the fact, too, that he had 10 players this year at the Senior Bowl that he's coached between Baylor and Temple. You know, obviously one of the highlights was Denzel Mims, who was actually asked, you know, I happened to be there when he was asked, what's going to make Matt Rule a great head coach? And Denzel Mims just started... Uh, you know, praising Matt Rule was really excited about that possibility. So um, Matt Rule is just there supporting his players, and obviously, in turn, uh, you, you could tell that the, uh, the the mutual respect is obviously there between him and his former players. You know, if you have guys like Denzel Mims, who really, and I'll I'll say this too, real quick on Mims, and uh, I was actually talking. To one of the guys at Roster Watch about this, we found we both found this really intriguing. If you ever look at the the combine when when the players meet with the media, they usually seat the player because you have eight podiums and then you have the table assignments because you know you have so many players that'll come through and and speak with the media. So some are gonna sit on the tables. They usually rank the player, or they usually seat the players at the, at the podium by, I guess we'll say, kind of how they're viewed in the NFL and how, you know, how they might be perceived. We'll say, quote unquote, rankings wise. Well, interestingly enough, when one of the groups of wide receivers came out. Denzel Mims was actually a podium two. He was actually sitting in between Jerry Judy, who was a podium one, and C.D. Lamb, who was a podium three. That that's pretty interesting. And I actually just saw a tweet from Arif Hassan, and I kind of noticed this as well when I went back and looked at the the podium assignments for the offensive linemen tomorrow, or you know today if you're listening this Wednesday morning. Ben Barge of St. John's, the D3 kid, is a podium three. That's impressive for a Division three kid who had an injury at the Senior Bowl. You would think he's a guy that uh, would be at the table, but he's not. He's a podium three. But I'm kind of getting off topic there. But point being, uh, the players obviously respect Matt Rule. And that was one reason why... Matt Rule wanted to to be at the Senior Bowl to be there with with, uh, all the players. And he also talked about, he also said to me too, about 
how that's a week to just find the right fit. You know, he, he used that and his coaches to find players that are the right fit, and that's really what it, what it's been all about. You know, he, 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 he used the term discipline process a couple of times, too, with, uh, with, with this whole process. In fact, he said he's not even really thinking about the draft. He's, he's just focusing on the combat. He's basically taking this kind of one step at a time. You know, he it was at the Senior Bowl. He's saying, like, basically now is about the um, the combine, and then he'll focus on free agency, and then he'll focus on the Actually, he'll, he'll focus on uh, off-season activities and then focus on the draft because, again, because of uh, the early start that the Panthers, Panthers get to have, they'll actually get to start their, their uh, off-season activities about three and a half weeks before the NFL draft, whereas the other teams will only be there about a week and a half before the draft. So, I mean, obviously all these teams at some are eventually going to start their program before the draft and kind of focus on that. But a team like the Panthers will actually have more time to focus on it uh, before the the actual draft. But Matt Rule said right now he's just focused on the combine. He's excited to be here at the combine. First one here is head coach. Uh, he's excited to really get to, to meet with the players. Because if, if you talk to some of these coaches, too, you get the sense that this is really their first opportunity to to meet with a lot of players. Like take uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, for example. They haven't they haven't even met with Joe Burrow. And of course, you know we saw his uh, his press conference today, basically blaming the media for spinning the fact that you know apparently he doesn't want to play for Cincinnati. He 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 at least shot down down that idea. So we can put that to rest. But the Bengals did meet with uh, Tua Tungavailoa, who, if you saw his press conference too, he talked about, you know, he's going to be cleared March 9th, and then he's going to be full go for his pro day. So obviously he's not doing anything uh, here at the Combine. Neither is Joe Burrow. He's not throwing. He's not doing anything. Uh, Again, it goes back to the, you know, the 15 games that he played now. You know, I, I hear, I can hear some of the people rumbling, saying, "Hey, you know, yeah, he played 15 games, but you had two and a half weeks between the two playoff games. You had about three weeks between the SEC championship and the national semifinal. Whereas in the NFL, you're going to play 16 games in 17 weeks, or very possibly soon, 17 games in 18 weeks. So he needs to, but." I also get it from uh, from his perspective, and I mean, let's face it. Like, what what does Burrow really have to to prove? But and and actually, some, somebody did ask Matt Rule about the possibility of you know they they asked what kind of offer it would take to. Oh no, I'm sorry. This I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Zach Taylor getting asked this question. What kind of offer it would take to? Uh, to move up to number one, and obviously Zach Taylor kind of brushed off the question because he, he's not going to answer that. He'll obviously get in trouble if, if he does, but um, Matt Rule was kind of asked a bit about you know making uh, some kind of power move, but again, he's kind of brushing everything off at this point. He's really not getting into any kind of detail. He re- really didn't get into any details as far as like players or anything like that 
or you know health timetables like I said one, well one thing he did mention was um, he also talked a little bit about the, the running back room and said he really liked really liked the guys there in the running back room and he kind of hinted at uh, some two running back sets so that tells me that maybe we see a little more Reggie Bonifin. Uh, I wonder what this would mean for someone like Jordan Scarlett, if they're going to give him a shot, if they're going to, you know, draft another running back, you know, so that, that all of a sudden I think has become a position now of, of intrigue, you know, what, what will they do with, uh, with Christian McCaffrey and his workload? So that's, that's going to be something I think to, to keep track of, but you know, he got into, like I said, he, he praised the running back room a little bit. He also, you know, he also didn't want to get into any kind of like specifics with offense and defense because he kind of low key likes kind of keeping that a secret, or I, or I should say, you know, being a first year head coach, obviously no one really knows what he's going to do, so he's like kind of liking the fact that he's can kind of be a little hush hush about that in terms of what he wants to do, but um, he. He's excited, obviously. He and he talked about his assistants. Um, you know that he that he was excited that uh, guys like you know, of course, Mr. Tepper and Marty Harney had the, the faith in him to go out and get his coaches. You know, because he reiterated that it was his choice. He wanted to go out and get uh, Joe Brady as his offensive coordinator, and he said it wasn't just because of what Brady did with LSU. It was it was also because of what he did with the Saints. You know, and that obviously has helped. Because we know kind of the background that Joe Brady has, too. In that he's worked with the Saints, so he's gotten to work with Drew Brees. He's gotten to work at Penn State with Joe Moorhead, who's now the, uh, of course, former head coach at Mississippi State, now the offensive coordinator at Oregon, but another great offensive mind. So uh, really, really excited about that so we'll see how it goes I also got a chance I tried asking some of the LSU players too what kind of coach Joe Brady is and what kind of coach uh the Panthers are getting and I got a chance to ask that to Stephen Sullivan tight one of the tight ends out of LSU and uh he said Joe Brady means a lot to him and uh it's basically so the Panthers are going to get uh, one hell of a coach. He's excited to see what the Panthers or what Joe Brady's gonna gonna do with those receivers. You know, is 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 he gonna be a guy that the Panthers look at in the draft? We'll see. You know, I don't think we can count out the the po- I don't think we can count out the possibility of one of these LSU guys getting selected to the Panthers. Whether it's one of these two tight ends and. Stephen Sullivan or Thaddeus Moss, whether it's uh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, imagine one of these. Imagine a guy like Justin Jefferson on this Carolina Panthers offense. I think that would be quite exciting. I mean, you you had Jefferson, you have, you have DJ Moore, and then you have uh, Curtis Samuel, and you have an offensive assist or you have a offensive system like Joe Brady and a healthy Cam Newton. I think the fireworks are going to fly on that one. So, really excited to see uh, if that if that does actually become 
a possibility, but obviously that's uh, that's well down the line. So. Real quick before I kind of finish up here, uh, you know, I want to shout out, of course, our great sponsor, uh, Queen City Beauty Group, our friends uh, Michael and Michelle Most, Michael and Michelle mostly for their uh, their great support. Of course, you have the uh, they're still running their Valentine's Day special until the end of the month, and again, it's a uh, it's a great thing they're doing there at uh, Queen City Beauty Group, and obviously Nichelle is a fantastic skin specialist, winning uh, international awards in both 2018 and 2019. Uh, she's going to be at number of skin specialist conferences so far in 2020, and she just does amazing work. Uh, she treats diverse skin tones, and uh, the, the place itself just provides professional and results-oriented treatments. They educate their clients on how to maintain continued results and take pride in exceeding their clients' expectations. Uh, they move to a new location on January 31st, and they, of course, are ready to open the doors to new customers. And they have international award-winning treatments for all kinds of things, such as acne, age management, hyperpigmentation, skin tags, milia, sagging skin, uh, fine lines and wrinkles, rosacea, sun damage, and body contouring. They're a boutique spa with only custom services, which means every treatment is customized to the individual client's specific skin and condition. So again, Queen City Beauty Group here with your Valentine's Day special, and they're running it still through the end of the month in case you missed it for Valentine's Day. But the month's almost over. Uh, you only have till the end of the week to take advantage of this if you want to go check it out. And remember, this is a $215 value. It can be yours for just $79. That's quite the bargain. And it includes the consultation and the custom treatment with Nichelle mostly at Queen City Beauty Group. It contains the $50 gift certificate for a future visit or a re-gift. And it also includes a gift from Queen City Beauty Group. So how do you book? Well, all you got to do is go to queencitybeautygroup.com, book the Valentine's special, and type locked on in the comments section. So that's queencitybeautygroup.com to book the Valentine's Day special running through the end of the month. And again, a shout out to those guys for their continued support here at the Locked On Panthers and again, all the the Carolina podcast too. So uh, shout out to the, those guys as well, including my boy Doug Branson with the, uh, with the Charlotte Hornets. But... So again, overall, busy day, exciting day, fun day at the Combine today in Indianapolis. Of course, week's just starting, but uh, today was definitely going to be the busiest day of the week because most of the the media availability was today because, again, a lot of the coaches and GMs spoke today, um, including a couple of guys from around the NFC South. You saw head coach uh, Dan Quinn speak. You uh, we had Thomas Dimitrov speak, and I, I really liked kind of the insight that Dimit uh, Thomas Dimitrov had. And you know, obviously they got into to you know some certain positions. Uh, Dan, Qu I, I also liked that Dan Quinn was asked about um, you know finding matchups 
with, uh, or, you know, how you have to, like, find matchups for these offenses because he talked about uh, versatility at the safety position because of all the different receivers you have to have. Uh, but Bruce Arians, I mean, it's usually pretty entertaining when you have a, when you have a Bruce Arians press conference. And I really liked his quote regarding the uh, regarding the forty time, and, and I think he's he's absolutely right with with the forty time. He said uh, he said quote You might run a four three, but your tape says you're a four six. You might run a 4-6, but your tape says you're a 4-4. The tape don't lie. The combine does. You can fall in love with the combine and get your broke. So, (laughs) listen, he's he's absolutely right. I mean, obviously we've seen a lot of players that have had high, uh, very strong 40 times, but have not been great NFL players, or at least have struggled to consistently put, put out production. I think the first name that definitely comes to mind there is John Ross of the Cincinnati Bengals because, listen, he obviously, you know, he's the record holder now for the fastest 40 ever at the Combine at 4-2-2. And it led the Bengals to picking him at the top 10. But what has he really done for for the Bengals? You know, he, like, yeah, he, he started strong last season. He had, you know, two really good games, but then... Uh, I mean, injuries were obviously a big factor for him as well. He got injured, I think, uh, week four in the Steelers game because that was actually the game I was at. You know, I took a, I actually took a friend of mine to that game against the Steelers. It was the Monday night game, but uh, that, that that was the game he left. I think it was the shoulder injury, and he wound up missing about like ten, eleven games, something like that. Um, but he really hasn't been able to put a very consistent uh, a consistent run together. You know, he hasn't really been able to show that he's more than just a four-two-two guy. And then it, on on the flip side too, I mean, we've seen we've seen players that uh, their forty time wasn't as strong as it could have been, but uh, they've they found roles in the NFL because. Look, you know, obviously, I personally think the 40-yard dash is overrated. I mean, I, I, I could care less, you know, especially at certain positions. I, I could care less how fast you run 40 yards. Because, especially when it comes to, like, say, defensive linemen. Like, I, I don't really care too much how fast you run 40 yards. Because the only times you're running 40 yards, if you're a defensive lineman, most likely would be if the running back just broke a hole and he's racing 60 yards downfield for a touchdown and you're trying to chase him as a defensive lineman, that's really the only time that you're running 40 yards as a defensive lineman. So I could care less about that. I care more about 10-yard splits. And I care more about... um, And I think a lot of people care more about um, these different drills, like the the three-cone drill and things like that. And that's one I'm I'm intrigued to to, to see... um, these new drills in action, you know, like the figure eight for the defenses and uh, the goal line, the goal line fade reps or goal line fade drills at uh, between the quarterbacks and receivers. So really, really intrigued by this by this week and 
really fun to take in like all these coaches. You know, like I said, they took in uh, Zach Taylor and uh, Duke Tobin. You know, because I cover the Bengals a little bit too, so I I had to take those guys in. Um, heard from Brett Brett Veach a little bit, the uh, the the general manager of the Chiefs, talking about how. Uh, the the franchise tag is in play for Chris Jones and uh, Juan Thornhill is uh, they they expect him to be ready for for the start of next season. So you know, it, overall, it, like I said, it's it's just so fun to get the opportunity, and th- this is just one of those times I have to s- sit back too and, and j- just feel so so blessed and you know so grateful for this opportunity that I actually get to be here and. You know, get a chance to even just to hear from these coaches, and you know, slip in a question or two if I can. But it's it's just so fun being here, and um, you know, especially being the first year that I've gotten to do both the the Senior Bowl and the Combine. It, it's just so much fun, and you know, it, it's what makes this th- this whole thing just so much fun and, and so worth it. Because again, it really. You know, because because I was busy all day. <laughs> I'll put it to you point blank, between taking in press conferences and, uh, you know, just listen to to players and coaches and all that, uh, all day long. Uh, doing some transcribing actually too, because I'm helping out there with the, the pro football writers. So I actually had to transcribe the press conference of uh, KJ Hamler, the wide receiver of uh, Penn State, who I. I, I will say, like, I, I love his confidence. He knows he's small, but he's not letting that affect him. He he feels he's a a, a strong playmate, strong playmaker, which he is. Uh, he knows he's very fast. Now we're not going to see him on the forty because uh, he tweaked his hamstring, but he feels he can run in the four twos. So I'm really excited. And he said he's going to run in his pro day. So. Um, Definitely looking forward to that, but but I uh, but I transcribed that, so that that was uh, you know that that was long, but um, I will admit when it was done, it definitely felt uh, definitely felt rewarding, actually, to have helped out with something big. So that's a uh, that's a good feeling. And like I said, I just went around to a bunch of players and just took in some stuff. Like I said, I heard from Denzel Mims. He praised Matt Rule. Uh, Stephen Sullivan praised uh, Joe Brady. Uh, talked to Anthony Gordon quick, asked him about what he's doing to, you know, how the Senior Bowl week was, was good for him, and he talked about how he's, you know, just trying to improve, uh, or just trying to work on getting away from, uh, you know, showing that he's not just a system quarterback, because obviously that's pretty tough coming from Washington, or I should say coming from a Mike Leach offense, because you can't really say at least going forward, Washington State, because of course he's not at Washington State anymore. Now he's at Mississippi State. But, you know, at the time, he obviously worked under Mike Leach, but he's been working on, you know, getting under center, and he felt the senior bowl was uh, really good with that. I, I talked to Cole McDonald. It was pretty funny, too, with uh, Cole McDonald. Uh, I, was al- I was almost like the only player or only person there when his press conference started, and we both kind of, I think he, he noticed that, too, and kind of laughed about it because... Uh, right next to us was actually Jordan Love, and of course, a lot of people were at that presser, 
Um, so unfortunately, no, I didn't actually get to see Joe Burrow live because I was recording uh, KJ Hamler because that was at the same time. But again, you know, still a lot of fun. And we knew the questions Joe Burrow was going to get asked. <laughs> we, we knew it was going to be about, uh, listen, we, we knew he was going to be asked about the Cincinnati stuff. And he he shot that down. So uh, nothing we didn't really uh, nothing we didn't expect with uh, with Joe Burrow. But like I said, overall fun first day, uh, busy first day. But like I said, it was it was a lot of fun. So I'm excited that it uh, that it happened. So gets back going tomorrow. Well, again t- today, I guess if you listen to this on Wednesday, since most of you probably will. <laughs> Uh, but Wednesday is uh, is running backs and specialists and offensive linemen. Thursday, of course, at least media availability. Thursday is uh, defensive linemen and linebackers. It's also the start of the on-field drills, which will be the guys that we talked to today, quarterbacks, receivers, and tight ends. And then Friday is the last day of media availability. That is with the defensive backs and then Friday will be the on-field drills for the running backs and the line and that Saturday is the on-field drills for the line linebackers and then Sunday is the on-field drills for defensive backs and then that's the end of the week now again because media availability really is done Friday that's pretty much how long I'll be I'll probably be leaving either Friday night or uh, or Saturday probably probably at some point Friday because I've actually got like I said I drove about nine hours here so uh, I might end up driving a little bit Friday, stopping, and then maybe finishing the drive Saturday. But like I said, really everything's going to be wrapped up at least on the media end f- by uh, by sa- by uh, Friday morning, because at this point it's really just the players that are going to speak, and they're done by uh, like eleven o'clock. So, but excited for the rest of the week. Excited to talk to a few more of these players and. Excited to keep rolling on this draft process. So I think with that, I'm gonna wrap it up. By the way, if you didn't know, if you didn't take notice, hopefully uh, this podcast sounds a little bit better. I mean, yeah, I'm speaking maybe a little softer, but hopefully the uh, the sound quality is a little better because I actually have a good microphone now. <laughs> actually, I actually went out and bought a snowball ice, and uh, at least from from my sense, it seems like you know from what I've tested the the sound sound feels pretty good so hopefully uh hopefully you guys like it uh you know let me know what you think but uh, it's definitely obviously an upgrade from what i've been using (laughs) so (laughs) i'm definitely glad to kind of step up in the world here but uh but yeah i think that'll wrap it up here so uh, as always of course thank you for the support really appreciate it as always and uh, of course you can follow me on twitter at bill underscore Rossetti. R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E, and of course, follow the podcast on uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever, and um, yeah, that's, that's really about it, and again, shout out to our friends at Queen City Beauty Group for their continued support as well, so with that, I'm going to get out of here, thanks so much for tuning in, keep it locked here with Locked on Panthers, um, planning a, a fun Pods at some point this week though too got a very special guest i'm going to be recording with uh this week and i'm really excited to be talking to him and we'll certainly be talking a lot of cam newton 
uh, since he's uh, since he's pretty good with the quarterbacks. I would think that's that's your little bit of a a teaser there, so, but um, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. So that's it. I'm out of here. I've I've rant, ramped enough, or ranted enough, but I'm out. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.